So there I was at my uh, leaving party, which you know I was leaving because we weren't getting enough five star reviews. I was I was leaving, and um, a friend of mine was filming filming people to say goodbye to me. Oh, he's going because of his lack of five star reviews, and uh, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, a local landmark flew right past the house, and uh, yet again for the third week in a row, I was attacked by. A monster which is tiring and uh it happened again matthew more monsters yeah it's getting worrying yeah. and you know it comes after such a, a tragic time when you know you you were going to leave and and we weren't getting enough five star reviews but then you know good people gave five star reviews but you know it was nice that we got together with all the lovely people in the facebook group to to do that for you and record those nice videos. So, you know, let's focus on the positives rather than the rampaging monster. Yes, yeah, and I found refuge in in the Instagram group. I, I hid under everyone else's content and some of my own, and uh, that, was a, that was a delight. So, uh, ultimately, uh, the monster went away because I, um, I don't know, I did something hilarious. Whatever it, you know... Just think of think of it in your head, people. Whatever it was, that's what I did. So, uh, yeah, Cloverfield this week. Let's get into it. Welcome to Creative Psychopaths, a horror movie podcast and the world's premier kitchen for horror sandwiches. What are horror sandwiches, I hear you ask, very nicely at the counter of this lovely horror shop? Well, let me tell you, it's a lovely movie filling surrounded by two slices of chatty goodness. Um, The best kind of sandwich, because it's uh, gluten-free, or what's well, Bread free, really. Uh, my name's Mark, and uh, as always, I'm joined by Matthew. Hello. Hello. You had a, a nice little chuckle in your voice at the start there. Uh, yes, there's someone in the room taking the piss. Um, oh, I thought you were just happy to see us. No, no, no. Well, no, I am happy to see you, but the reason that I was laughing is because um, my wife was taking the piss out of me uh, for counting. So, um. Yeah, that was exciting. Counting's important. Don't Counting. let, don't, let us stand, don't stand for this. No, it is important, but um, as you know, you've been there. The listeners don't hear the counting, but it it, it, it is a sort of slow, like my brain just got broken. It's very slow. It. Yeah. yeah, it is. Well, it has to be so I can edit it. Anyway, um, we joined this week. We joined by a, ge- a guest, turning guest uh, in Tia. Hello. Hey guys. Hello, how are you? How are you? You glad to be back? Well, of course. Yeah. Yeah, I would you know, this was voluntary. Wasn't wasn't dragged here against my will or anything. So yeah. I mean that's not that's not usual. <laughs> that's not the usual tactic here. We're not usually um dragging people here. Although well, maybe we'd get I mean, more. We do this all over Zoom. Did. I mean you can't you can't drag someone over Zoom. 
well, you know, there's a horror concept in there, isn't there? But but no, I'm delighted to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you could potentially arrange for someone to, um, you know, get their family in jeopardy so they have to record a podcast, I suppose. Yeah, um, my, uh, oh no, even so, they're all down here as well. It's, it's a bit inconvenient, really. Price of trains these days, probably not worth the hassle. Oh, I think so. I wouldn't, I wouldn't ever do anything to hurt Tia's mum. <laughs> we do love Pammy. Um, well, I've never met her, so I'm happy to. <laughs> I would stop here. I'm happy to. Yeah. Never uh, met her. She might be a bitch. Don't know. Yeah, I, d- I don't run everything by you. Uh, no. uh, you don't know. Nobody the... hurts Pammy on my watch. <laughs> well, I'm sure you've got other family I can injure. Um, no, I don't actually injure though, because if we do the injuring, then there's no point in you doing the podcast. Um, it's just a threat of injury. Anyway, let's not do that. Let's not give... Everything other... we do is figurative here. Yeah, let's not give other podcasters ideas on how to get guests. Because, um, you know, terrorism, whether it's hilarious or not, is still no good. Uh, and that's how that goes. So, what have I done this week? Well, oh, I've got a lovely first world problem um, that started cheery and then ended up miserable. Well, let me tell you all about it. Um... <laughs> so I bought this uh, RoboCop DVD box set, which you may know about, Matthew. Uh, yes, you told me about this. I got mildly excited about it and then realised it didn't include the good RoboCop film. No, no. Well, it's a series of four films called uh, Prime Directives. And um, there's, four, like I say, four films on there. And... Part of my brain at the moment is like, ooh, four films, that's four letterboxed I can I can add to my life. But uh, frustratingly, all four films are lumped together on letterboxed. So mm. you have to watch them all to get it on your list. And it's like 480 minutes or something. And I watched like 15 minutes of the first one and went, I'm not sitting through four of these. Because uh, it really is bad. Um so yeah, unfortunately, um, I mean, I got it from a charity shop for one pound fifty. So, I mean, you know, you've what... done, yeah, you've done something to help there, I think. So that's yeah. that's nice, at least. Fifteen minutes I watched, so it cost me sort of what was that ten p a minute or something. Uh, that's not too bad, really. But uh, unfortunately, because I only run in letterbox figures, I uh, I refuse to watch that. But uh, I did watch something good. But who's to say what it was? Um, oh, Rabid, David Cronenberg, which was a treat. Um, it was a bit COVID. It was a bit COVID, actually. I was like, oh, COVID? Uh, you know, COVID before COVID. It's 1977, yes. Yeah, so well before. Mm. Well, just the, the misery that was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, that movie's a bit more like... Um, it's a bit more aggressive than COVID. Um, sort of like... It's, it's Omicron. It does have boobs in it, though, so that's good. Um, what was it called again, now you've mentioned that? Rabid. Yeah. Rabid. Yeah. There's a lot of mention of boobs there, you thought. Why yeah, not? yeah. That was that was what pushed it over the edge for me. Yeah, well, on a previous episode recently, we, we talked about freeing the boob. And... Um, my my friend texted me literally that no 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 um context they just literally sent to me free the boob 
um, which was weird. Not weird, but I sort of didn't understand it at first. Anyway, I'm rambling. Did you think they were requesting a titty picture? <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not bothered. You know, if you want to see my hairy nips, you know, only fans. Um, <laughs> That's the next stage of the podcast. I wonder if... Uh, no, let's... Uh, Let's not even think about that because I don't I don't don't want to reveal my hairy nips and um I don't want to say hairy nips anymore. Have I lowered the tone of this podcast? No, I don't know. Nah, I think it, it was already on me. the floor. Yeah, no, was, <laughs> thank God. <laughs> it was never highbrow. Um, right, so this week we're we're in uh, Kaiju Lie, um again still. And we're, we're in covering... our penultimate week of Kaiju Lie. Yeah, we are. We're covering Cloverfield. And um, so we're going to get make our slices of bread Cloverfield-ish. Um, and we're going to start with... What's your favourite Clover-based spread <laughs> to put on your horror sandwich? Uh, just Clover, really. There that was go. easy. That, that was an easy one. Yeah. Now for the filling. Good film. <laughs> Final final slice, weird sequel. What's your favourite field to eat your horror sandwich in? Oh, I don't think I've got a favourite field. I've got a nice one around the back of my house. Yeah, but is that your favourite? I mean, for the purpose of this, it is. <laughs> Makes life easier, doesn't it? I imagine where you lived here, there's loads of lovely fields. Lovely fields for days. There are. My favourite, it wouldn't be where I'd eat a picnic, but my favourite one's where, where the donkeys live that I used to work with. Oh, donkey The, the donkey field. field, yeah. Would the donkeys try to consume the picnic? Yes, yeah, they've done that many times. Uh, tried to steal my apples. It's pretty adorable, but I don't share food, so. Those asses. Ha! <laughs> uh. <laughs> Oh, very good. Now, uh, so the first slice of bread we're going to do is, um, well, interestingly, Cloverfield. It's a found footage movie, but it's a monster movie, which so it's slightly different from what you usually get in found footage. So what I've asked for, or what we're going to do is, we're going to talk about movies, other movies that might be found footage, uh, other genres, or if you've got a pitch, whatever you want to do with it, we're pretty relaxed. Um and have either of you come up with any of it since I gave you this topic a couple of hours ago? <laughs> so my thinking with, with found footage is I kind of get the idea that there's pretty much everything has been covered in found footage as a medium, hasn't it? Uh, you know, we've had slashers, uh, we've had supernatural, you know, we've had big, monster movies and stuff. Uh, so what what hasn't found footage done? And the only thing I could really think of was like a period piece. So, I mean, they haven't done a found footage period piece for obvious reasons because cameras weren't invented for them <laughs> until fairly recently. But you can drop back to maybe around the time of the camera's invention and still have it kind of believable, providing the inventor of the camera is mucking about with it as part of the film. So 
yeah, let's get us let's do a found footage movie in what nineteen twenty something like that nineteen thirties. I reckon yeah. you could do something pretty good there. I mean, there is Frankenstein's Army, which is a uh, found footage in World War One or two, two I think World War Two. Um, I'm going to have to look into this one. It's not one I'm familiar with. Frankenstein's Army. Um. Yeah, but I mean, um, what would be what be interesting, and what I was really like part of what I was thinking of is that instead of it being a horror movie, you know, something like a war movie that you know, it's just an earnest war a war movie from that sort of sort of time, you know, where they where they actually do film something like it. I think it would be really. Uh, be really good really interesting so yeah that's cracking that's a great well, idea i mean yeah i mean now you mention it you know we did have footage from certainly world war one yeah uh obviously cameras were big lumps of these things then but again you know you can you can muck around with it to the point where you could do something quite interesting there i reckon yeah, yeah, and I think um, we'll get into it with Cloverfield, and oh, maybe just drop it here. But I think sort of with fan footage films, you can either you can either suspend disbelief about what you're seeing as fan footage or or not really. Um, so in terms of like you know if they did that, you just have to go right. This is happening. They've got. He said he's got a battery on his backpack. That we'll we'll go for that. <laughs> um. Yeah. So do you want to go next here or will I pick it up? Well, I, I have to be honest, I not didn't really do very well with, with this one. Um it, it's a tough one, isn't it? Yeah, oh. I didn't I didn't know if you I think I sort of read it as like what other films would you tr- change into found footage, but Yeah, no, go go for it. It's a very vague, very open question and I'm quite happy to uh I'm quite happy to uh, accept whatever you say. Yes, I'm a very uh, gracious, understanding, friendly host. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't think it's very original because it's just like it would be another very similar monster movie. But I guess Jurassic Park would work pretty well. Um, it, it, I guess to me, it would make sense that you'd that they'd be filming it as a part of the, you know, trying to promote it. Um. That's a brilliant idea. Yeah. I think the trouble with, you know, a film like that, though, is it's it's not going to make it more exciting because it's already so good. It would just... No, but it's a brilliant idea. Um, I also thought... I kind of thought about Goonies and I liked the idea of it being something like... um, that their kids find years later, like stored in the attic, like like their kids never believed this story that they told them. Like, yeah, sure, you went and found all this pirate treasure and were being chased by these criminals. And then, like, they find this old video camera of all the footage. Because I could believe that Data would film the whole thing. Like, he's really into gadgets. Yeah, that's really that's really good too. Yeah. There's, there's something in this sort of adventure movie anyway, I think, that... Um, you know, a couple of amateur investigators or whatever want to 
film yeah. film and adventure that they go on and it turns into a proper Indiana Jones style adventure. I think that would be something really cool and interesting. Yeah, um, I think that does follow the same format as most found footage horrors, don't they? How they all yeah. well I say it all more set out on this adventure of some kind. You know, you think Blair Witch being the, the archetype, don't you? You know, they they that's would be the exact same thing except fun things happen instead of terrible ones. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, I think it'd be really good. Um yeah, I think it's uh, when I started thinking about the question, I thought it was interesting to see sort of w- w- whether fan footage fits into anything else. Um, I mean, the only thing I really thought of was, um, but but mine would be more like um, like Chronicle, for example, that used different different cameras uh, uh, over time. I thought you could have something like a sort of Bruce Willis die hard sort of situation but you know a lot of it caught from security cameras and uh you know maybe maybe the lights are out so he has to use a camera with a light on that sort of thing you know that sort of specific um trope that they use oh i need the camera because it's got a light but yeah i think there's something in an, an action film um but then I don't know how you'd fight someone with a camera. I suppose you could do like first person. I think if we're going to uh, if we're going to go for some specific films, then I think that Get Out could make a good found footage film. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, because it would have the interesting thing of, I mean, it's got a premise for a found footage movie already. Because it, if you start at the you know the garden party. And it would be able to do the interesting thing where there is a twist still. And the the twist comes from the point of view character as well. Yeah, you because know, it would have to be uh well in my head I would have uh is it Caleb Landry Jones, I think, if memory serves. Uh you know, the son in the family yeah. would have to be the one filming it and you know, when that turn comes, you know, in, in that the film where things go south for for our protagonist, you know, we actually see it as the villain is us, you know, we're we're the point of view character. Cause not only would that make for an interesting film, it would also boost the social commentary on it in that you know, a lot of people think that we are good and righteous in these regards, but, you know, we do have these unconscious biases and sometimes not unconscious. And, yeah, I think it would mm. make us question ourselves a little bit. I don't need to question myself any more than I already do. <laughs> <laughs> My mind is constantly questioning myself. Yeah, I think it's 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 interesting, and I would love to see some other other genres take this on. That's not that's not just horror movies, though. Like, and I thought about it, and I thought maybe the only one that doesn't really work would be like a romantic movie, or you know, certainly like a sort of oh, not like a rom com sort of thing where oh, I hate you, but actually by the end I'm gonna love you, that sort of thing. 
Um, yeah, I think if you're filming someone that you profess to hate, yeah, that's kind of a crime, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It probably doesn't work <laughs> as, as found I, footage as well. I think it has to be found, doesn't it? So we could have a third party filming. Yeah, I kind of like the idea of like, if you were going to do a rom-com, having the two leads both trying to do like film something, but filming each other, filming stuff and like competing for it. And then, you know, mm, inevitably falling in love. You see, you've done it. You've done wow. it. If, you know, if you want to want a good rom-com trope, I'm your gal. Come on, Hollywood. We're offering you found footage on a plate here. You can make these low budget. You know, they might take us up on it with the strikes. Yeah, they might do, yeah. Well, I could be a writer, a scab writer. And, uh, oh, maybe not, actually, because I kind of agree with them doing that. So, actually. Yeah, there is that. (laughs) Yeah, but but in theory, like a pipe dream, I'd I'd scab. Um, Anyway, that brings us into the filling. But before we talk about this delightful filling... um, I'm going to talk about Patreon. Don't know why I said it like that. Pa- Patreon, it would be Yorkshire, that wouldn't it? Um, so, yeah, we have launched a Patreon. Um, we're doing our best on there to get some content uploaded. There's a couple of eerie Indianas, and we just launched uh, an episode of Batman 89. And also, if you join the $5 tier, I think it is, um, I'm going to knock some artwork together for you. I say artwork. If you've checked Instagram, you know it's not really art. Um, I think it's beautiful. It is yeah. beautiful. Well, yeah. you haven't seen next week's, which is terrible. But um, it's there nonetheless. Uh, so you can go to Instagram and see the art. Or if you want your own specific bit done, you can join the Patreon. But yeah, it's there and it's available if that's something that you're interested in. Um. But let's get into this wonderful filling. And uh, Matthew's going to gonna give us the filling. Yeah, so it's Cloverfield, as we said. And uh, it's a film from 2008, those heady days, which was, you know, about two years ago, not 15. <laughs> <laughs> and it is directed by Matt Reeves, uh, who went on to do films such as Let Me In and The Batman, and the two of the Planet of the Apes films. And it was written by Drew Goddard, who was uh, another podcast favourite for Cabin in the Woods. Oh, yeah. Uh, so it's a bit of a star-making film, this. The uh, yeah, two guys who've both gone on to some pretty, pretty big things. And bizarrely, it was... All sold off. Well, I say bizarrely, it made sense at the time. All sold off being a J.J. Abrams joint. You know, he was the the producer for uh, for it, and say it hmm. was he was big at the time. I mean, he still is, isn't he? He's making Star Wars movies and, and whatnot. Uh, right for our cast, though, we have. If the page would like to load up, uh, Michael Stahl David as Rob Hawkins. Mike Vogel as Jason Hawkins, Lizzie Kaplan as Marlena, Jessica Lucas as Lily, and TJ Miller as Hood. And the uh, yeah, the basic premise of the film is uh, Rob is having a leaving party because he's taking up a job in Japan, and 
during his leaving party, uh, there is a big old monster attack in New York City. And as a result, Rob has to travel across New York to find his estranged girlfriend, Odette, who is in peril, uh, just like the rest of the city. <laughs> and uh, he takes the rest of the crew along with him because they cannot let him go by himself. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I watched right. like the movie, so that's good. Okay. I'm, I'm just going to start with, with this one because I'm hoping that throughout our conversation we can uh, we can get this cleared up. But I can't for the life of me tell whether this is a good movie made badly or a bad movie made well. <laughs> I think it's the latter. But I know uh, what you mean. <laughs> because, yeah, it, it's it's a film that is a clear showcase of talent in some aspects, but they make some, I don't want to call them blunders, but there are just things about this that, that I don't like mainly the setup, I think, and also the characters for a lot of it. So we'll, we'll, We'll start on the, the setup because that's one thing that I think kind of annoyed me the most. Because this is a really short film, isn't it? It's like an hour, 25 minutes or so. Yeah. Uh, and a good chunk of that's taken up by the credits as well. So I think you're probably looking at about just over an hour, an hour and a quarter for this film. Yeah. And when the runtime is, is so slow, and sorry, so short, like the setup from the start of the film to this, you know, the, the attack, it's like not very long at all. And we don't get to sit in and really get to know any of the characters. The only thing that we kind of get to see is there is a couple that are in love. They're in a blossoming relationship. And then, a couple, a different couple who are arguing about throwing this party and then people going around the party and that we see that the couple that were in love earlier have now broken up and then monster attack. It's like, it really, you can feel it hindering the rest of the film because of that. Yeah. It's interesting you say that because... Um... It fight it, it sort of fights itself in in, in one way because you're right it doesn't give you enough setup but also that initial first 15 minute just feels a bit too long as well uh you get almost too much vagary really um you know you just about set up that that they're friends and there's a couple of brothers but also, it does that to me. That first, I think, must I think it is about fifteen minutes in it before it starts kicking it off. Yeah, it's, it's something it's, like that. It's seventeen minutes. I literally rewatched it this evening, and I was, <laughs> okay. I was really curious about about it's just, the it's setup. It's just a well. nodge too long. Just a nudge too much. Considering, like you said, it's like a, what an eighty-minute film. Um, there's, uh, 
maybe but maybe like you say they're just not interesting enough to be like you know you're like come on let's see what 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 happens but um yeah i mean the the characters that are like they not necessarily have to be interesting characters you know the film's about what they do not about who they are yeah you know uh but at the same time what they do is driven entirely by the relationships uh you know later on as the film goes in so you need to get those relationships right and they just aren't you know we see we have them loved up at the beginning this you know this main central character rob and beth they're loved up at the beginning and then they are arguing at this party and you know that is what what are we supposed to do we we you know we can get from we understand point a point b and and we can make a rough guess of of what's in the middle but it's like why do we why do we care what are the emotions of the characters in between there because you know he might have been a jerk and the the fact that he spends the next three quarters of the film going on this perilous mission to save her would just feel weird or she could have been a jerk and then why would he want to do this? Or they both are. And then you just think, well, there's something seriously wrong with them as people, you know, and it's, we, you know, you, you need to know your character's motivation. And for this, it's just a, a blank sheet of paper that says motivation on it rather than something that's drawn out for us. Mm. Can no, I interject? Yeah, go for it. Sorry. Um, I I don't often disagree with you, Matt, but I, I completely disagree. Um, I do think, like, I, I totally get what you're saying, that there could be more character development for sure. But I also think Mark's right in that it's it's bordering on too long given the runtime. Um, and re-watching this time, um, what happens is... Or like you know, they briefly explain that they've been best friends for most of their lives, sleep together, and then don't really know what to do about it, um, and then as a result, sort of end up falling out and not really dealing with their feelings, lash out at each other at this party, and then he's realizing that he's, you know, he already knows he's made a mistake, and then obviously this this event happens, and he realizes he hasn't told her he loves her and that like she's in in trouble and potentially in pain and and scared and he'd do literally anything to to get to her because he's been in love with her his whole life so i like i totally bought it myself but like i i don't think it's as well acted as it could have been and i don't think beth as a character is particularly like she's pretty two dimensional but like i don't doubt rob's love for her i doubt his friend's willingness to follow him into danger because i don't think like those relationships are formed enough um but yeah i guess i was watching it and i thought if i knew 
Like he's saying, this is the person I love my whole life and the person I love most in the world. And I thought if, yeah, if the person I love most in the world was in that position, I had any chance of saving them, I'd be doing that as well, I guess. Mm. See, again, that that makes complete sense because but we're, we're, we're told that in passing, aren't we? From, yeah, from it is. Around. It's, it's not as developed as it should be for sure. But the, there's something there that should be between these two points, shouldn't there? That you know that that gives us you know that that gives us what we what we need to to you know to understand this fully, but keep it engaging. Yeah. And I mean, other films do it all the time. So, what, like you say, is, is it the acting that that's the letdown here? Is it? Do we need a bit more time with them? Do we need a bit less time? And yeah, it's there's that that source isn't there? Isn't there? There's something missing. There's yeah, yeah, you know the uh, the the sandwich needs some seasoning. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, I'm in the middle of both of you, really. Like, I sort of agree with with both points. I think you get enough story to find out to to know why he's doing what he's doing, but um, it also, on the other, and basically with both of you, I'm not going to repeat exactly what you've said back. Um, but um, it's no wonder he's pissed off with her at the party when she shows up with Chachi from Happy Days. <laughs> The fuck's she doing with Charchi from Happy Days? Why is he? Hey, there? That's uh, that's our man from uh, As Above So Below. Yeah, I know, but it looks like Charchi from Happy Days. <laughs> like, what is this prick doing here? Um, he was that, nice. I liked him. Yeah, he seemed nice. But why is she doing that? Well, um, to be fair, he didn't call her, did he? And and he's now taking a job in Japan, even though she encouraged him to take it. Yeah, exactly, mm. exactly. And I think I, I think you are supposed to take a little bit from the because it's this is recorded on videotape and you get these odd moments of, you know, where it sort of cuts to what what else was on the videotape where they obviously had this really really happy day together, um, and I think you're supposed to take something from that for sure. But yeah, um, yeah, I mean. I want to circle right back to the beginning because talking about, I want to talk a bit about this movie's initial impact on me because it's one of the very, very few films where I had no idea what I was going into. Um, And I remember, if I'm right, it was, um, the marketing was very much like that. It was like, this is going to happen. Um, but you didn't know what it was about. So when we came into it and it turned out it was a fucking monster, found footage monster movie, I was well on board. Um, and I, I, and I really like it. I'd argue that it's a cinema film, though, um, and it doesn't translate quite as well to a smaller screen. Um, but I think that's probably quite similar with a lot of movies. Yeah, I think the scale of it is is good. Uh, 
because not just you know for the big monster stuff but also the you know the quite small scale stuff like the subway scene was really good mm. uh, one thing that i do want to say about the monster though is that we get the you know we get to see these little glimpses of him and for these sort of smaller budget films you always have to find a way of uh, hide, you know, hiding the scenes, not showing the monster, picking your moments, obscuring it in smoke. And for a large part of that, it, it does that really well, M- mostly obscuring it with smoke and, and that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also there are like a few times in this film where I just get really sick of them going like, oh, we've got a perfect chance to see the camera, uh, you know, sorry, to see the monster. And then we'll just turn the camera away for some reason. <laughs> Annoyed the shit out of me. Sure, the monster. See, I had um, like like you, Mark. I the, the first time I saw this like blew my mind, and I think I saw it in the cinema. And I agree, it, it's it's a better as a cinema film. Um, but what the lasting impression I had was was how powerful it was that you that you saw little glimpses and you didn't like in my memory you didn't really see anything until the end. But rewatching it this time, there are a few moments where they. They show you too much, I think. I'd actually, I, I always like it when you only see really tiny bits and then get a big reveal because yeah. uh, I think it's more powerful that way. But I do know what you're saying, Matt. It's when it, it's it's annoying when the with any found footage when the camera stuff becomes contrived. I, I was really annoyed. It's, it's the how, of, isn't it? You hide yeah. it. You know, you, you can hide it by buildings, which it does for a lot of the times, and then you see it's going. Oh, it's going to come in between these two buildings. <laughs> Let, let's look at these military guys instead. Yeah, 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 for sure. And like yeah. military guys aren't doing anything anyway. They're just standing there, being like, "Move this way, please." It's like, oh, yeah. you bastards! Yeah, it, the same thing happens though when, they, when, the, for example, you see the man filming the news footage, and it's like the news footage is like, "Oh, he just went between behind that building as we started filming." You've been <laughs> filming for a while. I just went behind the building. Um, it's a really interesting monster, I think. Um, I was thinking about, I was thinking about, um, how odd it is and how, um, almost really non specific it is. Like, if I, if I said to you, you know, draw Godzilla, you, 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 you could put a T Rex together or something like that, and, and, and you'd be all right. But if I said, draw this guy, I think you'd be hard pressed to figure out where to start. Because yeah. um, it's it's so weird because when you see it stood up and vague, it's it, it's got one sort of shape, and then later on when you see it almost close up, it doesn't look the same again. It's a really it's a really weird, really well designed monster, but it's so vague in its in its way. Um, I like it. Yeah, I, I'm, I agree. Yeah, yeah. it's. It's cool in that we kind of only ever like see its torso, don't we? Uh, and it's got these like your know, big sort of insect elbows bending backwards, arms and stuff. And yeah, it it does still leave you with that that bit of mystery, isn't it? Like you say. Hmm. Yeah. It's it it it, it it's lovely. It's lovely. Yeah. Um, I I like the mystery because like as a whole film. I really enjoy that you don't have a lot of context for it. Like a lot of the films you 
see it from the perspective of like where it came from and how they're going to defeat it and you know what it is and all of those answers and this is literally just if you got caught up in this shit and didn't have a clue what was happening um and had no answers but just tried your best to get through it like that civilian perspective yeah yeah really yeah i mean that's that. yeah that is something that this film do, does well because normally when we get them we always follow government boards don't we all yeah a maverick scientist who they should listen to but don't exactly very rarely do we just get everyday folk and what are they trying to do in this situation yeah yeah it's good because you you get these i mean these stories whenever there is something catastrophic in the world there are thousands of people caught up in it that will have situations akin to this i mean i'm not going to say like this because obviously not but you know that's something similar to it so since you said that um i want to address something that sort of stretches from last week's episode whereas you know last week godzilla was very specifically about you know the nuclear weapons, whereas this one feels like, and I might be wrong, but it, it, it feels like there's a bit of um, 9-11 to it. You know, like it's not necessarily um, specifically about that, but there are, there are things it adds in that we know, like the, the big dust clouds and, you know, explosions in the distance and stuff like that. And I think there is... There is something to that. As I say, it's not exactly the same and not done as well. But um, I thought it was interesting to see that that this monster still, at least to me, represented another kind of monster. But uh, what did you do? Am I clutching at straws or do you you reckon I might be right? No, I think that comes into what we just said about it. Yeah. Uh, Because, you know, for every day everyday people in New York on that day. I mean, that, that must have been what it what it was like, just this insane thing happening out of nowhere, people that you know and love potentially, uh, you know, in, in peril or worse. And, you know, without rhyme nor reason, this thing has just laid waste to, to an area. And uh, I think it's, we, we get the benefit of them using the, uh, the Statue of Liberty at the start for that, because, you know, it's, it's a significant landmark that's been destroyed from the off. Uh, and, and that's, you know, that works to further that, that idea, uh, as well as just being a big symbolic here we go moment for the film. Yeah. yeah I think that there's loads of stuff that, like you say, that that's been affected by it, and yeah. like, again, like the aesthetic as well. You know, we we got an idea of how this thing, these things would look that day, and it's yeah, they, they look grim. Yeah, they look awful. Um, I've I've got a sort of a, a, an un, unsubstantiated fact, <laughs> um, <laughs> that that statue of liberty head is actually much bigger than than the actual statue of liberty head. 
Um, like I say, I'm, I, that might not that might not be true, but I think you know, in terms of like the impact and t- it, it, the way the film was, they were like, oh, it, it needs to be bigger. It needs to look, you know, it needs to look more like you know, well, bigger, bigger is better. Whereas I don't think it the actual head is quite as big as that. But again, I think that's pretty. It's a bit unsubstantiated, but it sounds right, and it sounds like movie magic. Movie magic. I don't know about you guys, but when that head flew off, did you not think that if that was real, more people would be like, "Fucking hell, Statue of Liberty." Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think I think it's that whole, you know, like that's the ultimate symbol for them, isn't it? So it's just it's they can't they don't even have the words for it because that's like that's the moment when they're like, "We are fucked." Like, yeah, you know, that, that was one of the other reasons I thought it was like a bit of a nod. To sort of terrorism as well, because it was like, yeah. it's like, oh, here's a symbol of liberty or whatever. The the ultimate American symbol, really. Yeah. yeah. Um. Oh, the ultimate American symbol that is commerce. Commerce. Uh, <laughs> oh, I see. Um. What do we think of the wee monsters? The wee little monsters. I like them. The ones that drop off him. I mean that. It's... Reminds me of Alien a lot, like particularly the quarantine stuff. Yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah, there's definitely uh, there's definitely some inspiration there, isn't there? But yeah, yeah, I like that it gives uh, it gives the film a chance to spread and do a couple of different things, doesn't it? Uh, Because I think if we were just running around the city with these guys for the whole of the runtime. You know, on the streets, dodging the monster, it would, it would probably get boring, pretty quick. But these monsters allow to move, you know, to move into the subways and, and explore some different areas and let the film be a bit claustrophobic, a bit dark, a bit creepy, hmm. uh, yet still give us some some monster magic. Yeah, those tunnel scenes are great. Like I know you said earlier that, but um. It's always always good to have those kind of locations in the found footage. Always good fun. Um, yeah, well, it's a trope in it, you know, to add, yeah. in, add in night vision and stuff yeah. like that. And, you know. There was but, one bit that really annoyed me. And I, I, I find, is it Mar- Marlena, the, um, the girl who gets bitten? I like. Yeah, I find, Lizzie Kaplan. Yeah. yeah. I find, like, I find the fact she follows them the most frustrating because she like it's established that she doesn't really know them and she's not that kind of person that you know would uh, put others first. But then she she saved Hud in this bit. And what really annoyed me was that he stopped to film her getting bitten and like if he just put the fucking camera down, <laughs> probably could have kicked the monster off in time. Like really, <laughs> that's that's where the those camera moments stress me. I'm like, come on, I can appreciate yeah, there, you filming the few, rest of it. But there are a few bits like that, aren't there? I think yeah. uh, t- towards the end, uh, at the very end, I think there are a couple where I'm just like, you you would abandon the camera at this stage. <laughs> oh yeah, like like climbing on the roof and stuff. Like yeah, do you and, need yeah, both your for hands? Sure. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> there the, was the, some. You know, when Hood gets eaten by the monster and then it's like, okay, well, I'm just going to run right back to where that monster just killed my friend just, yeah. to, just to grab the camera. I like the fact that him 
had going back for the camera leads to his downfall though because it you know that's that's the trope I always like you know enjoy if you're that committed to to filming it if you're going to value that above your life then it's going to cost you but um but then his friends do exactly the same thing and don't get eaten so yeah it's um I was sort of like what I was saying in the in the first slice with found footage. You can sort of, as far as it's concerned, you, you've either got to accept it or not, really. Like it's one of those things of found footage. Like for sure, you would have stopped filming. You know, even in, with paranormal activity, you know, it's like stop fucking filming. <laughs> so probably Blair Witch as well. You know, yeah. So you just have yeah. to, I think with found footage, you just have to go, fine, they're filming everything. Yeah. And, Do you think and like... speak to some part of the human conscious where we just, you know, I've started, so I might as well carry on with these. Yeah. 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 I think, and I wonder if in today's society, it's more, even more, you know, because everyone's got a camera and, you know, not only that, if you film something interesting, you could make some money out of it, you know. So, Oh yeah, one hundred percent. There's even see, more of that now. You see, like when there's hurricanes and stuff or floods on the news, and it's like I'm like, okay, why am I seeing this? Get the fuck out of there! Stop filming. <laughs> yeah, I remember there was a there was, there was something happened on an underground train a few weeks ago, didn't weren't there? And like you saw people like smashing the windows trying to get off. I think there was. I think someone said there was like some coloured gas or something on a stopped train, and oh God. there were so many people filming it. I was like, "Do you, do you've got health to worry about here? Get off that damn thing!" Yeah, yeah. There you go. You see, but a few watches, and you've you've got a few quid in your pocket. So, I think I think you're right, Mark. That is one of those things you have to forgive with the, this style of film. And I, it's like it's always annoyed me with this film that they're like, "Yeah, we're gonna." They're gonna bomb Manhattan, like probably with nuclear weapons, but but the camera survived, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think it's just like what we were saying earlier about you know about the monster. It's how you you work around that contrivance, isn't it? Yeah, yeah rather than the sure. contrivance being there. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Um, right. So I've got a couple more things that I want to bring up if. Unless you've got anything else you really want to talk about, uh, I do. But you can go first if you want. Uh, the only other things was I was going to say there's some pretty good funny moments in it, or at least um, made me laugh. Um, oh yeah, no, definitely. There's there's one line I think from Is It Hood where they come across a little thing and and she's like, "Is that the thing we were worried about?" And he's like. It's one of them, um, or something along those lines. But there's also there's also another bit um, that reminded me of Wayne's World. You, you might enjoy this, where um, they <laughs> they meet the army guy, and he he's an information dump, um, like the chauffeur in Wayne's World. <laughs> it's like, huh, lucky we were here to get all that information. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because I like this army guy you're thinking, surely there's got to be some confidentiality here. But he's like, right, this is the way out. That's how you get there. 
they're going to be nuking the place. <laughs> These are where the helicopters are. I'm like, why is this guy an information dumped? Uh, it was. It really made me laugh just because it made me think of that moment in Wayne's World. Yeah, uh, I need to watch Wayne's World again. Yeah, me too. Let's do it on a Patreon. Um, done. That's our next Patreon. Right, lovely. Go on, Tia. Because I think um, this this may be me clutching at straws and reading too much into it, but I'm just thinking about um the characters and the. The cutting turn from the the Coney Island footage of of Rob and Beth from you know a month before when they're all happy. Like obviously that's it's it's a juxtaposition between like the chaos and like where they were a few weeks ago and showing like you know again that this mad things just happened to ordinary people who were living their lives, um, and you know this mad things happened to them, and it's also used to hide footage of the monster later like look i i caught it let's rewind oh no somehow this the we've got two different sets of film on one tape but um i'm rambling now but basically it it also makes me think of like maybe there's a theme in the film about people's choices and the paths they could have followed so i guess like that Coney Island footage was like, this is the life they should have had if they'd actually, like, you know, not made stupid decisions after they'd got together, then Rob probably wouldn't be leaving and he wouldn't be having a going away party and maybe they wouldn't have all been in that position. And maybe if well, maybe he... she'd gone with him. And yeah. They'd, they'd be out of dodge. Yeah. Maybe if um, like he hadn't gone after all his friends wouldn't have died maybe if Marlena didn't decide to save Hud's life in that moment she wouldn't have died um, and I think there's a lot of moments in the film where they have like choices to make and it takes them you know down certain routes um, and I guess you know that that's enough for me even though that character development's not that strong I think I, I do I think it's a really valid point but I, I think it also strengthens the idea of it being like something that's happening to an everyday person that they're not that fully formed characters. Like I feel like if I was in a disaster with someone and was, you know, got to know them a bit, I wouldn't know them that well. I'd just know them on a surface level and like you're just experiencing it from that point of view rather than these are proper characters in a proper film. Mm. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, no, it's, all, it's was... all very valid, yeah. There was one thing that I really, really hated about one of the characters, Rob, specifically, in that there is a scene where his brother dies and he just does not give a shit. Like, that annoyed me so much. I, I mean, was, he's, was in, shock. Shock, he's yeah. in shock for a while, isn't he? <laughs> his priorities are, are all about Beth, though. I'm just like, but I, I felt like in that moment that cemented going after Beth because like I read that as I couldn't save that's, her. That's his I last could, thing to Yeah, to I go. couldldn't save my brother, but I can save her. Well, like, you'd, you'd think, you know, you'd, you'd you'd do a bit of comforting to your brother's what was she widow or, or you know, just girlfriend or you know, there's there's yeah, there's the guy's a the guy's a butt. He is a he is a bit of a dick. Like he's very like you know, 
Yeah, I mean, give you that. He is a bit of a butt. Yeah, but he's very <laughs> focused on his own his own happiness and and motors. I mean, he does he does give them all the chance to to leave. Um, and as we said, for reasons unknown, they all follow him. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't force them to follow him, does he? No. Um, I did. I did think, you know, as like obviously, as we said, the acting's not amazing, but uh, that scene where he has to tell his mum that his brother died was, you know, was as as emotional as the film could get, I suppose. Um. Yeah, that's about that. That was about its highest degree yeah. of, of acting, and even even yeah. I was watching that, thinking, I think, because it was sort of almost going back to what Matthew's saying. That's the point where he realizes something, you know, something bad has really happened. Like, you know, that it cracks him there. But even then, I think uh, he sh- he should. It's just poor acting on that because he really sh- really should have cracked. Yeah, like it yeah should have for been, sure. It should have been an in- inconsolable sort of thing instead of going, instead of the way it is, which is sort of, glad I've had a good cry now, got it out. Let's uh, go say Beth. <laughs> then again, I guess, like, if they're going for a sort of, like, survival mode, how you would be in, like, a war zone, like, you would just, you wouldn't have time to to mourn and stop, would you, if you're going to make it through? Like, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I suppose we're giving these characters more depth than I think they deserve. Yeah, we're, actually. we're applying too much. To yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's I what well, like you know my one of my initial points that I wrote down was that I love that it's simple and sort of sticks to its simplicity, and then I'm making it far more complicated than it needs to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, actually, my last points, I'm going to wait until the last slice of bread. So um, I don't have anything else left to say if you want to wind it up. Okay, well, yeah, as we uh, have, we have a tradition here that we have a three-tier review system with shit being the worst, uh, Ooh, It's Spooky being the middle, and the Creative Psychopath being the top. Uh well, I'll, I'll hand it over to whoever wants to go off first to give their review. Oh, I'll go first then. Um, it's a creative psychopath for me. I I loved it when it first came out. I think it was um, oddly the first found footage film I'd ever seen. Um, uh, so it stuck with me. Um, and I really enjoyed rewatching it. It you know, wasn't as good as I remembered, but yeah. Greatest psychopath for me. I am. I'm curious to know, Matthew, as well as your rating, whether you've answered your question of um, a good film made badly or a bad film made well. I'll jump in then before before Mark, so that we can get onto it. Because uh, you know, what? I think I've, I've been talked around a bit while we've we've been here. Uh, I think it is. I think it is better than I was giving it credit for. Uh, with you know, listening to what uh, you guys have had to say. Uh, I don't think it's going to tip me up into uh, creative psychopath territory, though. You've got, I don't know, there's still a bit of feeling that's uh, that's lacking in it. Uh, but so, like you say, it does 
a lot of things, like you said, a lot of things very well. Uh, another thing that does very well, which we, we didn't quite mention, is really emphasising the horror of these situations. Uh, it is it is a bona fide horror film. There's no question about that. You know, there is the that question we have to ask with these kaijus whether it's horror, but this definitely is. Uh, and yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go on. Ooh, it's spooky, but it's it's not far off the uh, the the top bracket. Hmm. Yeah, there have been weeks, uh, Matthew, where you've been you've been teetering between the two. Um, Maybe we need to add more. uh, more, Absolutely more tears. Um, Ah, no, we've got a good tear right here. Well done, me. Um, (laughs) I was, I, you know, stop me saying it. Um. And I actually do, I actually do really like this film, but every time I rewatch it, I like it a little bit less. Um, and I'm still, I don't think I can give it a new. It's spooky because um, I think it, 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 it's, it, it's got such good memories for me in terms of, you know, taking me by such surprise the first time and, I remember going on such a deep dive, like in all the lore and everything, because there were supposed to be Easter eggs all over the place in this film. So I have to give it a creative psychopath just for all that that it gave me. But um, I will say it doesn't it it, it it doesn't hold up to rewatches so much, um, especially because you don't get that sort of. Um, hmm. I just, I just say, I think that first seventeen minutes, when you have, when you've already seen the film, it just, just really drag, it just really drags, and you're just waiting to get to the monster bit. Um, but still, going to give it a creative psychopath. Uh, that was a, that was a long, that was a long, long thing for me to say. I was trying to argue with myself. Um, but we have got some Facebook comments. Do you want me to do those? Uh, if you've got them up, uh, yep. I'll be playing catch up otherwise. Okay. Um, so, Alistair said, I'm guilty of loving this movie. The main character is the fucking worst. <laughs> We're on board with that. But this is a perfect post 9-11 horror. Could only work at the time it came out. Yeah, which is sort of what we said. Um, good for us. <laughs> uh, let's see. Matt said, uh, really underrated. My main issue is them making the cameraman the annoying comic relief, so he's constantly there. Um, again, valid points. Uh, Peter Marsh. Peter said, went to see this in the cinema. Absolutely wild ride. Found footage done perfectly. Story made sense. Decently acted. And a cool monster. Again, all very valid points. Peter's going to be coming on as a guest with us soon. Um, so that's exciting. And this week I did something different and um, asked on Instagram what people thought. That's exciting, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Death of the Party 138. I fucking love Cloverfield. I got fully wrapped up in the mystery when it was being teased too. Fan footage hadn't been done to death yet and everyone was dissecting every frame of the teaser. It felt unique. Which again, all very, very valid points. Um, 
Do we think found footage has been done to death now, or is it? I suppose it has sort of died, hasn't it? It has died a bit. Um, it's like that thing, you know. It's all formats feel like they've been done to death when the we get a string of disappointing or or not very good ones, but mm. there's was, still value in just making a good film. I yeah. think it's a very high bar for it now, isn't it? So, like, for the ones that we know work well, like, anything that falls short of that, it's just like... Oh. It's a tricky one, found footage, because a good filmmaker can make a, a found footage movie for sort of, you know, two pence, you know, and a mobile phone, but there's obviously a lot of bad filmmakers with two pence and a mobile phone. Um, so you get a, you get a, do you get a string of bad found footage movies or just vile ones, um, which I've had the displeasure of seeing. But um, yeah, so let's get into this final slice of bread. Now, the last thing I wanted to say about Cloverfield that I say for this is that it spawned two sequels. Um, but unusually for sequels, they're very loosely tied to the um, a first movie. Um, so loosely that I don't believe they were ever actually intended to be part of the same <laughs> franchise. Ah, uh, yeah, but they are, so... Um, yeah. <laughs> now... One of them's great. I'm sure you'll agree. Um, I I haven't seen them. Oh well, ten Clo- ten Cloverfield Lane is an absolute treat. Yeah, um, one of John Goodman's best performances. Yeah, well, thankfully, Matt, it's one of the DVDs you gave me, so I I have no excuse now. Oh, well, for it. for listeners who don't know the context, uh, I had the very sad time of having to uh, get rid of my DVD library. Uh, and as as much as I could, I gave them to a good home, which meant that Tia took a large portion of them. Lovely, yeah. Yeah, so you should definitely watch 10 Cloverfield Lane because um, it's a treat. Uh, and the third film, which I've, almost, I've actually forgotten what it's called. Uh, the Cloverfield um, Paradox. The Cloverfield Paradox is... Yeah, which it, is available it, on Netflix. It just went straight there. The interesting thing I think about the Cloverfield paradox is it just dropped, didn't it? There was no, there was nothing. It just dropped. It was like, yeah, it was. Here's I a think, film. Is it a Super Bowl? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think um, they just went halftime. Add this is coming out, and then it's out. as soon as the game's finished, it'll be on Netflix. Yeah, it was interesting, but um, yeah, I, I love stuff like that. But I think we need we need more of that as a as a film industry. Uh, just not not a horror film at all, but the new uh, Hayao Miyazaki film that's being released in Japan with a poster, and that's it. They've done no trailers, no marketing for it. They've just said this film's coming out. It's Hayao Miyazaki. Go watch it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we yeah, could do I with a more. bit more of that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Give us more. We don't need to see the whole film and trailers beforehand. Anyway, so this last slice of bread that we're going to get into is. Um, I posed the question, if you could create a sequel that was, what did I actually say, vaguely related to um, a horror movie, what would you do? Is that what I said? 
You did. Spin off a sequel to a movie only loosely connected to the main thing. There you go. Um, uh, do you want me to go first? If you want to go, be my guest. Um, so uh, I'm going to actually pitch the movie uh, instead of telling you what I thought of. So I've got this idea in my mind. We've got uh, we've got like a, a very specific engineer um, who makes very intricate parts, and uh, he's lost his job due to you know 3D printing and stuff like that. Um, but he starts getting orders for very specific equipment, and he gets paid well for it, but. Um, eventually starts asking questions about, you know, what's happening with his stuff. And, of course, he assumes it's the government creating military things that they don't want to that they don't want to say anything about. So he sets out on a journey of paranoia. Um, I don't exactly know how, how it works. I'm not a writer or a filmmaker. Um, but towards the end, towards the end of the movie, he gets himself arrested um and then wherever he is he sees um on the screen um a news report about uh someone who'd been using torture devices to kill people and he sees them and see realizes that his parts were used in the saw traps um yeah that's my very very vague connection to the movie but, i like uh, it yeah Interesting, yeah, yeah, some dark shit. (laughs) It makes sense too because uh, you know, I struggle to believe that one guy could make all that stuff. Hmm, never mind financing it, yeah, sure, yeah. So, uh, that was that was um, that was the only thing I could think of actually. And considering I don't like Saw that much. But I also thought maybe Saw would work as a fan footage movie as well. Going back to that initial initial slice of bread, I did initially was thinking about pitching that, but um... I had also initially written down Saw, but then I thought I already quite like the uh, the CCTV aspect of Saw. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we don't we we don't need that. No, but the, I don't think there's ever been a sort of found footage, like torture sort of movie. So there maybe is something in it somewhere down the line. Anyway, we, I'm I, I'm getting that first slice of bread back. So uh, you guys have any other any thoughts, ideas? Wonderful chat. Uh, do you, you want to go first, or do you want to? Well, me? apparently I am. I've just you know who am I? I'm just jumping in all over the place. You um, you go for it. You yeah. go, girl. Getting above my station. Um, yeah, I had a, a few, like they're not um, whole pitches like you, Mark, but uh, not not necessarily a sequel, but sort of like an alternative view. I would love to see what uh, Shaun of the Dead was like from Yvonne's group's perspective. Because, <laughs> like, you know, the, the, like, the doppelganger group. Mm. And, then, and then she rocks up at the end, like with the army. I'd love to know what her and Martin Freeman and Tamsin Greg were doing. <laughs> but, yeah, um, well, yeah I mean, there, there has been there has been talk of that actually being made, wasn't there? Really? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know how serious it got or how far it was, but yeah, it may have just been people saying that they want to 
yeah to do it i also had um i love the idea of like vampires cropping back up after the lost boys ends and the grandpa just continuing to like try and fight them by himself um and what else did i have um i know they did they did a prequel to psycho with bates motel but i also kind of love the idea of uh of s- someone like um buying the motel and then and then just trying to run it and that being some sort of horror comedy situation just i don't know the the legacy of, of what happened there and... that would be actually really interesting uh, that would be good so it's not a psycho movie but you can't no. escape you can't escape it yeah yeah i like that i really like that yeah those are just silly thoughts um but yeah not silly thoughts all thoughts are amazingly fantastic all, all movies that i would happily watch though <laughs> what about you matt so i basically just went and i went the lazy route for this because I thought Cloverfield is this big sort of city-destroying event where we have these monster destroying the city. And 10 Cloverfield Lane was this tense, small-scale, not-sure-what-to-believe movie. And in the end, there was just a little bit of monsters cropping up. So I thought, let's find a movie that is tense, not-sure-what-to-believe, the monsters cropping up, and take that and then just for a sequel, do the Cloverfield thing and have this idea of just going on a rampage somewhere. So, yeah, let's make a Thing sequel uh, where it's a massive scale thing. Ooh, that'd be good. Yeah. It's lazy, but it No, works, I'd, watch, I'd I watch the hell out of that. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't quite fit the, the remit, but... Um, remit I mean, I mean, is it, that right? It, I mean, it fits as far as Cloverfield and Ten Cloverfield Lane do. <laughs> yeah, and I, 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 mean, I don't think mine would particularly uh, fit. No, in. maybe not. Well, in fairness, like I, like I mentioned before, I gave you about an hour and a half to think of these things. So um, during it, which I was rewatching Cloverfield. <laughs> maybe, maybe next time I'll try a bit harder. Oh, I was watching while well, I was thinking. Of, I was watching my child's. Um, last play thing at school um so yeah that was good nice what was the play uh don't ask me uh alibaba and the bongo bandits there you go okay and uh well, creative i assume psychopath. they played bongos no creative psychopath, they stole uh, bongos it was good, was good. Mm, nah they were just called bongo bandits <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, if you want to hear something wild uh, in my year six nativity play uh, so bear in mind nativity uh, Christmas story the story of Jesus being born uh, I played an astronaut <laughs> god I went to the wrong school what? why was there an astronaut uh, it was a planet of the apes situation but instead of going to the planet of the apes we went back to Bethlehem 2,000 years ago. Matt, this explains oh. a lot about you as a person, if I'm honest. <laughs> I mean, I don't think in uh, our 11-year-old script readings that 
the words Planet of the Apes ever came up. But looking back, it's it's easy to see where they got the idea. Plagiarism. I, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, there you go then. I think we've done it. I think we've well, achieved. I think we've achieved a podcast. I'm going to oh. uh, just put uh, a little bit of cat amongst the pigeons, a little bit of sizzle, a bit of something fun for for the listeners to discuss. So on Monday, we have a mystery horror film coming up uh, at the local cinema. Uh, so on the episode next week we'll we'll do but I will certainly do some kind of review for whatever the film is uh, but let us know what you think uh, let's have a bit of a discussion in the group what horror film do you think it's going to be I have Ooh. my suspicions uh, I'll chuck it in if nobody else says it and yeah, look forward to that next week. We're going to have a, a small mystery film review as part of the episode. Oh, that's exciting. Is that the Odeon? It is the Odeon, yes. Oh, I might have to go see that scream unseen. Yeah. Um, exciting times. Right, okay. Well, that's time to wind up the episode. You, you know where to go and what to do, so we don't need to tell you any of that again. Um, Tia, do you want to plug anything? Nope, just me these days. Nope, so she's not plugging anything. She's just her these days. Um, Needs to be nothing more. All right, I'll I'll just quickly say, you know, I don't do it anymore, but listen to Hannah's mental health podcast called Island Minds because she's still amazing. There you go. Go listen to Island Minds. I was on there at some point, so you can go listen to me talk about me, Brain. Um. Is that the best plug? Yeah, of course it is. Yeah. yeah. yeah okay. um, um, Matthew, you're plugging I wasn't this on show. It, which is also the best plug. Yeah. <laughs> uh, listen to Creative Psychopaths. I, I realise you already are, but go listen again. Go listen to some yeah, other Yeah, leave episodes. a five-star review. Join the Facebook group and tell no, us... No, we're, we're not doing groups anymore. Let, let's leave. Leave. Run. Run. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Big monster. Some shit. Uh, bye everyone.